The Lord Jesus had 12 original disciples, but those men were just the first of many more followers of Christ. They are an example for us to learn from and a reminder that God works in ordinary people. Are you a true follower of Jesus Christ? Let's study the 12 with Scott Pauley today and find truth that will help us all to follow more closely to Christ. How would you like for your entire life to be remembered by one adjective, and that adjective was not a positive one? There is a disciple that we've come to today in our study of the 12 that is forever remembered with an adjective. We don't just call him Thomas. We call him what? You know it. You just said it. Doubting Thomas. Through all of these centuries, Thomas has been remembered for his doubt. Let me just pause right here and say a couple of things before I show you Thomas in the Scripture. First of all, I'm glad Jesus doesn't remember us like people remember us. No, our sins are cast in the sea of his forgetfulness, and I want to tell you that our Lord uh, does not remember Thomas like we tend to remember him. Aren't you glad that though people may remember some sin, some great failure, uh, that our Lord Jesus says that's in the past, that's forgiven, that's cleansed, I would also remind you that Thomas is given to us as an example for ourselves, that when we look through the lens of Scripture, we're actually looking into a mirror. Did you know that Thomas, whose name is also called Didymus, Didymus means twin, and I've often wondered if the Lord gave us that little nugget in Scripture uh, to tell us Thomas had a twin. Are you Thomas's twin? Could it be that the one thing that we love to point the finger at in Thomas is actually something that is in all of us? It is John in his gospel record who tells us most about Thomas, and let's just briefly walk through the record here. We find him in John chapter number 11 and verse number 16. Now, one interesting thing about Thomas is we really don't have any record of his conversion. We don't know exactly what day Jesus called him and what day he became a follower of Jesus Christ. We only know that he did. And, and I think that's beautiful because it's a reminder, everyone's circumstances surrounding their salvation, the event, the experience is different. And perhaps some more spectacular than others. Oh, but all spectacular in this, we came to know Jesus. Praise the holy name of our Savior. He's the one we have in common. And so we find Thomas in John chapter 11, when Jesus is on his way to the graveside of Lazarus. Do you remember? Lazarus has been dead for several days. And uh, first, they tried to get him to go uh, quickly to the tomb. Jesus delayed on purpose. In fact, he even said, I'm glad that I wasn't there. I want you to, to believe. I want you to see something when we get there. And it is Thomas who speaks up. Did you ever notice? John eleven sixteen? then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now, there is a, there is a note of, of positiveness here. May I tell you what it is? He's dedicated. He is, at least in John eleven sixteen 16, willing to go even to the death with the, with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's more than you can say for many. And yet, there's not just that positive side. There's also a very pessimistic side here. Do you see Thomas almost just resigned with a sigh? All the other disciples standing around. All right, fellas, let's go too. We're all just going to die when we get there. We're all going to die with him. 
the irony is they weren't going to die there. Jesus wasn't going to die there. Somebody was going to come to life there. In a cemetery, it wasn't going to be death. It was going to be Lazarus come forth. But here we get the first little glimpse into Thomas's character, into his personality. And we all struggle with certain things in ourselves, don't we? But do you see the cynicism? Do you see the the selfish perspective here that Thomas exhibits? Uh, his mouth tells on him. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. There is this negative note. Uh, I, I meet people all the time. They always want to tell you the worst thing. What could happen? I call them Eeyore Christians. It's not positive. It's not good. Everything's bad. Everything's on the down note. I wonder, is that is that you today? Oh, lift up your head, my friend. You're with the Lord. The Lord's with you, and Christ is at work. And then you come over a few pages to John chapter 14, this glorious chapter where Jesus is saying, let not your heart be troubled, where he's talking about the Father's house and the many mansions and coming again. And the Bible says in verse 4, he said, and whether I go you know and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest and how can we know the way. So here we have the first question mark associated with Thomas. And by the way, there's a positive note here again. He wants to know, Lord, where are you going? How can we get there? How can we know the way? And I would say to you, when you have questions, uh, do what Thomas did, bring them to Jesus. Only the Lord can take a question mark and straighten it out and make it an exclamation point. Only the Lord can take uncertainty and make it confidence. Only the Lord can take doubt and turn it around to assurance because our Lord answers him with this famous declaration in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So uh, first we, we saw the negative note in Thomas. Now we see sincere questions. He really wants to know. I, I think Thomas was an analytical person. And maybe I'm talking to some analytical people today, and you've got lots of questions, and you're trying to figure it all out. Uh, you know, that's a good thing and a bad. Uh, it is good to ask questions. It's good to study and search. The bad thing is, if you're not careful, your whole life can become defined by the questions. No, allow the questions to bring you to Christ. And let Christ bring clarity. Only Jesus can cut through the mess in our minds. Only Jesus can cut through this, this ball of confusion and bring it down to simplicity. Listen to Jesus say, I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then we come to the record of our Lord Jesus Christ rising from the dead, appearing to his disciples. In John chapter 20, you know the story. Uh, He appears to the disciples, and Thomas is not there. And when he hears Christ was there, he said, unless I see the prints in his hands where the nails were, unless I can put my hand in his side where the spear was, I will not believe. That's pretty strong, isn't it? I will not believe. Could I remind you, faith is always a choice. It's not an emotion. It is a choice. It's either I will believe or I will not believe. And the Bible says Jesus came back in verse 26 of John 20, and after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas. I love the the direct personal uh, conversation here. Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And you know, we, we call Thomas doubting Thomas, but he didn't end in doubt. And friend, you don't have to end in doubt. Maybe I'm talking to someone today, you're really struggling with doubt. Bring your doubts to Christ. Bring your doubts 
to the only one who can take care of the doubt. Because Thomas ends with one of the greatest declarations of faith in all of Scripture. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. May I say, dear friend, to you today, be not faithless but believing. What is it you're doubting today? What is it? You may be a believer, but you're living in unbelief at this moment. Remember, the just shall live by faith. Faith is not just how you came to Jesus. It's how you must keep following Jesus. Faith is not just for lost people. It's for saved people. It's not just for for sick people or people on their deathbed. No, no, it's for life. It's for every day. Be not faithless, but believing. What did Thomas have to learn? Thomas had to learn that without faith, it's impossible to please him. That this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Thomas had to learn what every disciple has to learn, and that is to have faith in God. Will you believe the Lord right where you are today? Let's close with the words of Jesus to Thomas in John 20, 29. He said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Some have called this the last beatitude. God said, I'm going to give you a blessing. If though you can't see me, you'll just simply believe me. I want to challenge you today to live not by sight, but by faith. Have faith in God. Thank you for joining us today as we looked into God's Word. It is our prayer that you will follow Christ and lead others to Him. Our world is desperate for truth and hope. Scott Pauley has written a new booklet on the need of our nation that addresses what believers can and should be doing at this time. Order your copy now at enjoyingthejourney.org. We'd love to hear from you and look forward to studying with you again next time on Enjoying the Journey.